Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. July 19th, 1977, the world teacher, the Christ Maitreya, head of the spiritual hierarchy, emerged from his ancient retreat and is now in the modern world. With his disciples, the masters of the wisdom, he will inaugurate the new age of synthesis and brotherhood. Good morning and welcome to our World Teacher Program on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM presented by Teresa and David on behalf of Share International New Zealand. Our program today is about the Ageless Wisdom Teachings. To introduce this theme we quote from the Share International website. From ancient times, a body of spiritual teaching known as the Ageless Wisdom has been handed down from generation to generation. A systematic and comprehensive account of the evolution of consciousness in man and nature. It describes how the universe came to exist, how it operates and man's place within it. To enlarge on this subject, we will now quote extracts from Benjamin Krem's booklet, The Ageless Wisdom Teaching, An Introduction to Man's Spiritual Legacy. If you are interested, this booklet can be read or downloaded free online at share-international.org under the Resources tab. The introduction to this book states that In every age, or in times of exceptional crisis, great spiritual teachers have come into the world to enable mankind to take its next evolutionary step. We know them, among others, as Hercules, Rama, Sankaracharya, Krishna, Buddha, Mohammed and the Christ. Each has given a body of teaching, a central and common theme of which is right human relations. From such simple teachings, men have historically constructed complex dogma and ritual, willing to kill and be killed in the name of their ideology. Such religious intolerance has been and continues to be the basis for much of the discord and suffering in the world. When men and women of every faith come to understand that they share a common spiritual legacy as children of one father, by whatever name their tradition chooses to call him, a new era of brotherhood and peace will begin. The Ageless Wisdom teaching was first made available to the general public around 1875 by Helena Petrovna Blavatsky in her seminal works The Secret Doctrine and Isis Unveiled. Blavatsky established the Theosophical Society to introduce this new perspective on history and human evolution. 
The intermediate phase of the teaching was revealed by Alice A. Bailey, who, from 1919 to 1949, collaborated with a master of wisdom known as the Tibetan. Through a process of telepathic overshadowing, the master Dwalkul communicated a vast body of information about the world and its future. Since 1974, British artist the late Benjamin Krem was the source of further revelations concerning the ageless wisdom and in particular about the reappearance of Maitreya the Christ and world teacher for the coming age. Information which Krem received through his moment-to-moment telepathic contact with a master of wisdom. Mr. Krem begins by saying the ageless wisdom teachings are as old as humanity itself. These are the teachings of a group of men who have gone beyond the strictly human stage and have entered the next kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. They are the masters of wisdom and the lords of compassion. They are men and women like us who have expanded their consciousness to include the spiritual levels. There are a large number of these enlightened men on our planet who have been living in the remote mountain and desert areas for countless thousands of years. From time to time they release aspects of their teachings insofar as we can absorb and use them to enlighten us. The Masters have gone through this evolutionary process in which we are still engaged and have learnt how it works, what evolution is about. They are masters, not in any authoritarian sense, but masters of themselves and the forces of nature. They have full consciousness and complete control on all the planes of this planet. The Ageless Wisdom Teaching, or Esotericism as it is often called, is not a religion. It is not, strictly speaking, a philosophy. It is not an art or a science, but it has something of all of these. You might say that esotericism is the philosophy or the science of the evolutionary process as it pertains to the human and the subhuman kingdoms. It is about the evolution of consciousness, not of the physical form. If you want to know about the evolution of the physical form, turn to Darwin. He has pretty well summed up the nature of evolution as regards the form of the animal and the human kingdoms. In terms of the evolution of consciousness, you have to turn to the esoteric. Esoteric only so far, for that which is esoteric gradually becomes exoteric. Nothing which humanity can safely use is ever withheld. So it is up to us how much of this teaching is given at any one time. Consciousness is an aspect of energy. All is energy, and what we call consciousness is a particular quality of energy, that which is embodied by the soul. Everything you can see, or might see, or imagine as being seen, is energy. The whole of creation is really energy vibrating at different rates. The rates determine the form which it takes. Consciousness you cannot see but you can see the results of its presence. Consciousness comes to us from our soul, and the more we are in soul, the more we are conscious. 
A master has a tremendous level of consciousness compared to us because he is totally soul-infused. Energy can be manipulated by thought. We can think so we can take mind energy and by a destructive thought destroy, by a creative thought create. It is in our own hands. The problem for the world is that we cannot control our thought. If we can really control our thought, we can create a better world. But this is a matter of growth, of consciousness, of evolution. The master can control his thought totally and absolutely. He only uses thought as it is needed at the moment. He does not have a stream of thoughts flowing from his subconscious as most people do. He has no subconscious. So how correctly, creatively, you can manipulate thought is a question of how evolved you are. A writer, a poet, an artist, a great scientist, an innovator of some kind, uses thought creatively in the creation of various forms. Our destructive thoughts affect the elemental forces which govern the climate and weather patterns in the world. If our thoughts are, as they very much are today, in disequilibrium, these elemental forces go out of equilibrium. The result is earthquakes, storms, tornadoes, tremendous floods and so on, which devastate large areas of the world continuously. This is our own doing. We call them acts of God, but they are really acts of humanity, through its wrong thought and action setting out of trim the elemental forces. When we eventually come into equilibrium, these forces too will come back into equilibrium and the climates will return to their normal patterns. As a race, our purpose is to spiritualize matter. We are spirit in matter, an incarnation at this relatively low level. From the point of view of spirit, the human being, with a physical and emotional and mental body, is not a very clear expression of divinity. The evolutionary process, therefore, is that by which we spiritualize the matter of our own bodies and thus matter itself. That is why we are here, to spiritualize matter, to inform the matter of our physical, emotional and mental bodies with the qualities of the soul, which is perfect, perfect spirit reflected from the spark of God. We take for granted that Darwin has shown the evolution of the form aspect of nature, the physical body of the animal kingdom, out of which grew the human kingdom. The human being is not simply an animal, but is the point where spirit and matter meet. The individualized human soul has taken incarnation, 18 and a half million years ago according to the teaching to enable a higher aspect to manifest. As you evolve to a point where the soul really begins to demonstrate itself through its reflection, the man or woman on the physical plane, you enter the spiritual kingdom through the door of initiation. There are five doors through which you pass to become a master. All of the masters have achieved these five initiations. Eventually, everybody will become perfect in that same way. Initiation has been brought into life to speed up the evolutionary process. It's not essential. We could evolve without it. 
but it would take millions and millions more years to get to the point where we are today. There are five great planetary initiations to perfection. The first step is the birth of the Christ principle. The whole thing is reenacted in the Gospel story, the life of Jesus symbolising this path of initiation. Of course it is much older than Christianity, it is almost as old as humanity itself, and it has been presented to humanity over and over again, in different ways in the past. In the Gospel story, the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem is the symbol for the first initiation, which is called the birth at Bethlehem, the birth of the Christ in the cave of the heart. That takes the man or woman into the spiritual hierarchy for the first time and demonstrates control over the physical body. The second initiation is called the baptism and is symbolised by the baptism of Jesus at Jordan by John the Baptist. This demonstrates control over the emotional astral vehicle. The third initiation is called the transfiguration and is symbolised by the transfiguration of Jesus on the Mount of Olives. For the initiate, this is the culmination of the lower process that integrates the three lower vehicles, physical, astral and mental. From the Master's point of view, this is really the first initiation, because it is the first soul initiation. Then you go on to the fourth initiation, which is symbolised by Jesus dying on the cross. It is called the Crucifixion. In the East it is called the Great Renunciation, where everything is renounced, even life itself if necessary, to demonstrate the lifting of the initiate out of matter into the radiance of the light of spirit. Jesus went through it on the cross to demonstrate it for us, physically, to set this great experience of renunciation before the world. This is followed by the resurrection. The resurrection of the body of Jesus on the third day symbolises the resurrection initiation in which the man, now a master, is freed from the pull of matter forever. The master is in a body which is totally resurrected, a body of light. Every initiation confers on the initiate more and more energy of subatomic particles. By the time he or she is taking the fourth initiation, three quarters of that body is literally light. It looks perfectly normal, just like anybody else's, but seen occultly, esoterically, it is radiating light. Only one quarter of that body's atomic structure is truly atomic. The rest is subatomic. This is completed at the fifth initiation. The Master stands free from the physical planet. He no longer has to incarnate. He is now in a body which is totally transfigured and resurrected in the esoteric sense of the word. Many Masters do in fact stay on the planet to oversee the evolution of the rest of us, but many go on to higher planets or even out of this system altogether. You 
You're listening to The World Teacher Programme on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM. Esotericism defines God as the sum total of all the laws and all the energies governed by these laws which make up everything in the manifested and unmanifested universe, all that we see and cannot see. God is also the great cosmic being who ensouls this planet. God can be known by anyone moment to moment. You can know God whether you are religious or an atheist, whether you believe in God or not. It has nothing to do with belief, but with direct experience. God is not concerned with whether you are a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Christian. These are temporary manifestations in time and place, and the accident of birth, where you happen to be born. If you were born in the West, you are more likely to be Christian. If you are born in the East, you are more likely to be Hindu or Buddhist. If you are born in the Middle East, you will probably be Jewish or Muslim. The more fanatical exponents of Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, of Judaism and Buddhism and so forth, have made these totally artificial separations in the world. This has hindered the evolution of humanity. It holds us back. It prevents the creation of right human relationships. Right relationship is the next step forward for humanity, so anything that holds it back is not something to be welcomed. Man is a spark of God a spiritual being expressing itself through a physical body. Each one of us is essentially divine, but compared to the great achievers throughout history in all religions and fields of human endeavour, most individuals recognise and demonstrate this divinity only to a limited degree. The process by which we gradually manifest more of this divinity is rebirth, reincarnation. Like children entering the school system at kindergarten, we begin at a very basic level of human expression, not realising our true spiritual heritage. Through the experiences of countless lifetimes lived in many countries with different cultural and religious upbringings, in both male and female bodies, we learn many lessons through successes and failures and move forward on our evolutionary journey back to our source. The gains in each lifetime are carried over to the next. The method used in this educational system is the law of cause and effect, or in Eastern terms, karma, which the Bible would describe as you sow, so shall you reap. In terms of modern physics, the law of cause and effect could be summarised as for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Every thought and deed sets up a cause that inevitably needs to certain effects for better or worse. By understanding and working within this impersonal law, we learn to make better choices and gradually take control of our own destiny. Through experiencing all that life in this world has to offer, we ultimately acquire total mastery over ourselves and become perfected beings, masters of wisdom, fully manifesting the divinity that dwells in each of us. 
Evolution is speeded up through meditation and service. These are the two levers of the evolutionary process. Nothing moves you forward faster than correct scientific meditation and powerful altruistic service to the world. Transmission meditation was introduced in March 1974 and there are now hundreds of groups all over the world. It is designed to give to the modern, busy, active disciple a field of both service and meditation which, in its effect on the world, is very powerful. The Masters are the custodians of all the energies entering the planet. Many of these energies are cosmic and, if sent directly into the world, would be too high and would simply bounce off the mass of people. So transmission meditation groups have been set up through whom the energies can be stepped down. The energies are sent through the chakras, the force centers in the spine of the individuals in the group. This automatically transforms the energy to a level where it can be readily absorbed by humanity. These are the great transforming energies which change the world as humanity responds to them. It is not possible to have these powerful cosmic and solar energies scientifically transmitted through one without the chakras being galvanized. So that when you enter a transmission meditation group, you are entering a kind of hothouse, a forcing process, which speeds up the evolution of the individuals concerned. Finally, Mr. Krem goes on to say that the Masters of Wisdom, together forming the spiritual hierarchy, are the custodians of the Divine Plan for this planet. The Divine Plan is worked out through three great centres. The first centre is where the will and the plan, the plan of evolution, of the ensouling deity is known. That works out through the agency of the second centre, the spiritual hierarchy of Masters and Initiates, the centre where the love of God is expressed. The third centre is humanity itself, the centre where the intelligence of God manifests. They are separate today, but through the evolutionary process they will be united, and the evolutionary process will be complete. That concludes the extract from Benjamin Krem's booklet, The Ageless Wisdom Teachings. Our final article is from Benjamin Krem's Master, sourced from Share International magazine, October 2009. It was this article that inspired the subject matter of our program today. It's entitled, The Perennial Light of Truth, and begins. One day, in the winter of 1875, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, one of the founders of the Theosophical Society, made a vow to spread by every means in her power the teachings which she had received from several masters of the Himalayan Lodge of the spiritual hierarchy of our planet. True to her vow, she set to work to inform the world of these teachings. Her books, The Secret Doctrine, Isis Unveiled and The Key to Theosophy, are testimony to her indefatigable industry and will in the face of great physical illness. These seminal works have informed and inspired many thousands of true seekers over the years and continue to do so. 
The general reception of these precious insights was altogether different. Seldom have the work and gifts of a great initiate been so denigrated and ridiculed, especially by the religious and scientific communities of the day. Even now, after a hundred and thirty-five or so years, Blavatsky is regularly dismissed as a charlatan, a spiritual medium and a dishonest faker. So vehement and so worldwide was this condemnation that much of this negativity still clings to her name and to theosophy itself. Madame Blavatsky was four degrees initiate, almost a master, equal in level to the disciple Jesus and close to that of the great Leonardo da Vinci. How is it possible that such a distinguished toiler for the good could be so maligned? Jesus himself is a prime example of how ignorance and fear can dominate the perceptions of men. Even while overshadowed by Maitreya the Christ, Jesus was made to suffer from these twin attributes of thoughtless men. Today the world is grappling with many problems and predictably schisms have arisen in assessing these problems and in overcoming them. Men and women everywhere have different qualities of mind and brain, of openness or otherwise to ideas new and unfamiliar. They also stand at different points on a ladder of evolution and from near the bottom of the ladder the work and insights of many of those above them mean little or naught. Thus has it always been. From now on, however, this age-old problem will be ameliorated to the benefit of all. The presence of Maitreya and a growing number of his group of masters will bring to humanity a great leavening. Much of the simpler levels of the ageless wisdom teachings will be placed before the world as a whole, drawing more and more of the general public into theosophy and its teachings. This will help to prepare large numbers to stand before the initiator and to enter consciously into the light. In this way, many men and women, taking advantage of this new situation, will prosper greatly on their journey of evolution. When Maitreya steps forward, this process will begin. More and more, as they respond to him, they will find growing within themselves an appetite for the truth and a longing for wisdom and light. And that's our program for today. If you have any questions or would like to know more about the World Teacher Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom, please call us on 06 36 46 101 or visit the website share-international.org. To inquire about Share International magazine subscriptions, books by Benjamin Krem, or our monthly free-of-charge newsletter which contains extracts from the current Share International magazine, the number is 04234 or write to P.O. Box 9576 Wellington. Thank you for listening to us on Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM. And please tune in to our next World Teacher program on Saturday the 18th of February at the usual time of 10am. You can listen again to this program and previous ones 
by visiting our website at share-international-nz.info and click on the radio tab. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.